Shannon Johnson and Dan Blanc are just two guys who love the fencing industry and are here to help you grow your company and find solutions to your business challenges. So buckle up and hold on tight as they take you on this ride called My Fence Life. What is up, everybody? It's happening, man. Hey, look, uh, let's start the show, guys. The date is 6-29-2022 at 6.32 p.m. Central Standard Time. And it's another Wednesday night. My name's Cannon Johnson. I'm with Jackson Fence Company here in West Tennessee. They call it Medina. Siri calls it Medina. And this is my good old buddy, your pal, Dan Blanc, the mother Fence King in the house from the Bayou, Louisiana. And guys, this is my Fence Life Live. Please uh, leave us a comment. Let us know you're here. Let us know where you are. And if you got a question, please go ahead and type your question in the comments. Tonight, Dan has 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 pulled something up out of his sleeve, and he has taken us to the bank. We are going to the bank tonight, and. Um, this might be all I got because I told Dan, I said, Dan, I don't know nothing about the bank. Like I don't even I don't even fill out deposit slips when I go to the bank. So I am not <laughs> the VIP when I walk into the bank. But tonight we got a guest with us named Amy. I'm not sure that's an Elias or not, but that's a name. Amy's a name. We're going to the bank. So Dan, let's uh let's let's uh let's pass go. Let's collect our two hundred dollars and let's head straight to the bank. What's up, bro? Oh, nothing much, man. I want to I want to say something before we get started, guys. Let's do it. Cannon Cannon messed up my whole intro, but look, it's real important that y'all uh y'all like our uh y'all like our podcast. We're on like twenty platforms now. Mm, that's a lot. Like leave a rating, please, especially on Apple, Spotify. Leave a review. Leave a rating. It's not hard to do. Really helps us out a lot. Um, I wanted to read a review that we got, and I thought it was really funny. Where where what platform is this on? This is uh, Apple Podcast. That's what I listen to. Okay, let's go. It says, love the bonus episodes. Mm. It's like eavesdropping on a phone call without really eavesdropping, but I can't stop listening. I don't know what's better, the show or the bonus episodes. Keep them coming, Dan and Kevin. And that came from the username was CDL Wide Load. Listen, everybody likes eavesdropping into a like a three-way call. Y- you remember, Dan, you're old. How old are you, Dan? 48. All right. So look here. Um, sixth grade. Let me think. 2000 and shit, man. Sixth grade, probably 1997, 1998. Roughly. That's when uh that's when we learned how to use a thing called Star Six Nine, Star Six Seven, and we could do incognito <laughs> three-way calls. And you finding out what your girlfriend really also, thought. That's about the also time we started liking girls and, and drama. And said, hey, man, hey, 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 you mind, you mind calling uh, Andrea and, uh, on, on a, you know, put me on through. I'll, I'll, I won't say nothing. I just want to ask her, ask her what she did last, last, <laughs> last Friday night. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's, that's some of the, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I think, that's, I think that's some of the attraction of the, of the bonus episodes, but who hey, is CDL? I, Dan, I, the funny thing about the bonus episodes, and, and you brought that shit up, man, because you're the only one that's done a bonus episode. Well, no, it was the latest one. I had some other. I didn't want to bore y'all with a bunch to, of. Uh, give us a genuine review. You just wanted to say that you might as well say, I really like listening to Dan Block when he's by himself. 
Here's, a, here's another one. Good insights. These guys know their business and are very entertaining, easy to listen to, and a solid sound. Damn. And that was uh, Mark Ross. Appreciate it, Mark. Yeah, and that was from uh, Apple Podcast, bro. He said easy to listen to, solid sound. Yeah. Makes me feel good. I'll tell you something about easy to listen to. Um, I took speech therapy until I was in the fifth grade. Here we are. Dude, we're, we're what, three minutes in? We're talking about the sixth grade. Now we're talking about the fifth grade. I was in speech therapy until I was in the fifth grade. And when I was in the third grade, I had a teacher. Uh, I overheard talking to another teacher about how she just could. I just can't understand a word that Cannon Boy says. <laughs> And man, that broke my heart in the third grade, and I still carry those wounds to this day. So to hear oh. somebody leave us a review saying, what they say? We're easy to listen to? Yeah. Damn, that means a lot. Take that, Miss Towns. Yeah, we're sending that to your third grade teacher. Take, Take that, Miss Towns. I will say this. Well, I can say February. Can you say February, Cannon? <laughs> I just say 228, 221, yeah. 222. When I first met Cannon, he's like, uh, I don't I say that. I don't say the month after January. I can't say it. I can. I, I just don't like saying it. It's a mouthful. Uh, hey, Dan, we got some comments here. We got Joseph Rivers. Joseph, you you win the uh, first comment of the night, three nights in a row award, and I appreciate your commitment to my fence life. And Dan's got some special gifts in the makings, and uh, oh, yeah. one of these days we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pay it forward or pay it back either way, Joseph, and send you a gift in the mail. Um, Benji's kind of, been working his butt off, man. He's got his uh. We've been trying to get our energy, right? We finally got a couple dollars for our name. We went went out and bought some stickers, and we're gonna send you a sticker, Joseph. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> John Lathy, what's up, bro? Uh, he says we're late, but I think we're early. Um, yeah, John. Yeah, John. John, you're late. Yes, that's right. Shane, Shane, don't, even Shane. don't even read Shane. Don't even read Shane's. Dan Wheeler and I. Dude, Dan Wheeler ain't got nothing. Is that even a podcast? He was talking shit on his podcast. Ugh. And he says some stuff at the very end. And he even said, yeah, I know your dad doesn't listen to this. And I texted them both. I'm like, you little son of bitches. I heard every word of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got Micah Lambert always with us. Thank you, Micah. Ryan. My we never have figured out how to say this. Say what? Brian. M-A-U-P-I-N. Mm. Mappin. Yeah. I don't know. What you hitting over there, bro? I think you got three. You got a call coming in. Oh, I got a call coming in. Alan's calling me. Alan, we are not taking calls tonight, baby. We're on a time limit. Bring him out. Bring him out. Three seconds. It's too late. I hung up on him. Alan, call back. Damn it, Dan. I can't. I have the guest on hold right you now. Can, you can merge the calls, bro. I'm not merging calls. We got this. Uh, we got a show to do. He's staying. We've been waiting for somebody to call for three weeks, and somebody finally calls. You blow it. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? I don't know, bro. I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Downs in the house. Like and subscribe. I rate Canon five. Mm. I wish I had four hands. I'd give you four thumbs up, Nathan. <laughs> I like how you said I don't know about Dan, but he's been blowing my phone up wanting to know when I'm coming into town. So Yeah, Benji McKinney from Clever Fox Media, our web designer. What's up, Benji? Thank you, yeah, Benji. Jorge, Jorge uh, says the boys are back in town. Yeah, Jeff Kephart. Um, hold on, what is this? 
Okay, here we go. It's like the floor. Mooping. Mooping. Mooping? Brian Mooping? Yeah. You going to remember that, Dan? Yeah. Mooping. Brian Mooping. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> I figured that. Hey, Alan, next week or, or now, Dan. God. Next week. I can't. I can't mess up the whole system. I, I don't. I barely know how to get on this thing to do the show, much less do this, <laughs> have the phone connected, do three-way calling, answer a Google call from my regular phone. I'm all, I'm, I'm all messed up, bro. All right, Dan. So, hey, look, I got some checks in my pocket. Uh, we need to ride over to the bank and make a deposit. Um, let's go ahead. Yeah. And call, let's call our banker. Can you can get her on the phone? Yeah, let me see something. I think I might be able to get her on the phone. You there, Amy? I'm here. Wow, look at that. So, Amy, uh, what is up? <clears throat> oh, I'm just enjoying the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> So, guys, y'all probably saw on Facebook, I made a post. Hey, I'm, anybody got a business banker? Drop it in the comments. And some people were like, I thought you had a business banker. Well, I do. And he had to bail on the show because he had some family issues that he had to take care of. So I was scrounging. And then I remembered Amy. Oh, Amy. She, uh, she was my banker for a while. Yeah, she was my banker for a while. And then she moved to a different bank. And then uh, she came back to, well, I don't know where she's at now, actually. I went ahead and hit her up in my phone. I was like, I need you so bad right now. Please help me. <laughs> I got a podcast. I need some knowledge. Yes. So we got Amy here, guys, and we're going to talk banking. I know um, Matt Warner's real big on talking about having a relationship with your banker. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, uh, me and Amy put some stuff together about some things that we feel like are important for business owners that they need to know about banking. Let's right, talk Amy? a little bit more about Amy before we talk about the bank. Amy, who are you? Are you the teller? What's going on here? <laughs> um. Well, no. I started there a long, long time ago, but I'm a 26-year banker in the Gulf South and... One of my passions is helping businesses grow and just teaching them the things that we should have been taught a long, long time ago. Yeah, stuff they should have been teaching is in school. Correct. Are we going to learn about some of these things tonight? Maybe. You sure are, Cannon. <laughs> what's the dumbest thing you've ever done, ever seen? Like, what's the dumbest? Uh, business loan idea you've ever seen you've had some dumb ones right um i've had a few um i need i need fifty thousand dollars to start a reptile shop is that that no believe it or not one of the most difficult conversations i had was a gentleman who wanted to buy a gravel pit Mm. okay but Sounds like a rock solid idea. Doesn't sound so bad. I swear. I swear. Well, you know, unfortunately, and um, I'm going to try to be as candid as I can. Um, A lot of business owners, you have incredible ideas. It's just how do you actually make it come to fruition? And many, many business owners that I meet, they haven't thought out the process. And forgive me, but we call that the I had a dream business owner. They have the dream. They just need help making it 
happen. They don't have a plan. Exactly. Or not a good plan. So what, what matters more, the plan or, or, or like, um, proof? Is there, or is there a I'm sorry, the plan or what? If I, if I come to you and say, hey, Amy, listen, I need some money. Okay, what do you want to do with it, Cannon? Well, would you rather me prove that, hey, I'm, I'm, good with, I'm good with money? Like, I'm always paying it back? Or would you rather me have, like, this really clever plan? Like, look, Amy, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to devise this, this gadget, okay? And it's going to change the world. Which one do you, do you prefer? Do you prefer an awesome plan or an awesome track record? Um, honestly, it's going to have to be a combination of the two. Yeah, that's what I would say. She wants to, a good idea with somebody who's good with money. Okay. Um, look, I'm, I'm the first person that I, I want new ideas, not just, you know, rehashing of old ideas. But you also have to do the research and you have to come at me with information that you've actually looked at the industry, you know what your competition is, you know what you're up against, what is going to be easy and what is going to be the difficult hurdles that you have to overcome for that business. That was a mouthful. Sure was. Sorry. I'm from the South. We can say a lot in a very short period of time. Are you from Louisiana? I am. Okay. Dang, she doesn't sound like you. Not everyone. Well, not everyone Catholic, can sound as good as I do. <laughs> Catholic school knocks a lot of that twang out. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, what, what do we want to talk? Let's let's get into the meat meat and potatoes here uh, about banking. I want to talk about some real serious stuff. Does the teller get upset when you come in with a bunch of deposits and you don't have a deposit slip? No. <laughs> Yeah, because I never had one. I was love- that your meat or your potatoes? <laughs> that was just the uh, appetizer. Gotcha. <laughs> Cannon, I, I knew we were going to have some off-the-wall questions from Cannon. <laughs> I'm all good. So look, <clears throat> I see Alan Bolden here says, uh, hard part is getting the money from the bank. And I think that goes perfect with uh, what our first point our first bullet point is on our uh, little Google Doc over here, Cannon. And it's got to do with uh, showing income at the end of the year. Right, Amy? Absolutely. So I've honestly never met a business owner that told me that they started their business just so they could pay their current personal expenses, which tends to happen in years one and two. Um, If your ultimate goal is to actually grow your business, it's incredibly important that you show income. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is we look to give you credit. We want to support you, but you have to think about it almost like you do your personal credit, right? So if you're looking to go out and purchase a home you have to have the income to support and show the bank that you can pay that monthly note, correct? Right, yeah. So this is the same, same thing with a business. And a lot of business owners, you know, it's imperative. Usually when you start a business, you are relying on your own personal credit to help build that business initially, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to bring yourself to a point where you can separate 
the business debt from your personal debt. Otherwise, not only can you sink yourself personally, you can also sink the business without even trying. Yeah, so you got to show income at the end of the year. You don't want to go out and, you know, like, you know, my tax attorney, he's like, uh, you got to go buy something. And my banker's like, no, 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 don't go buy anything. Because if you go buy something, it's going to show you made less money this year. And it's going to be more difficult for you to uh, to borrow money from me. And that's why um, I'm going to have uh, this year, I'm adding my banker to my my buy my buy annual meetings with my tax attorney, my CPA, and my insurance guy. Now my banker's going to be there because we're making decisions that are affecting him and possibly could be tying his hands when we could have just did something a little different. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I can work with that." So, yeah, this year we're implementing our banker, and he's going to be there, man. Um, because it, it, it's it's important. You know, the tax attorney, he's always trying to, or your tax preparer, he's trying to get you to pay less taxes. The CPA, you got to get him on the same page as him, right? And then your banker's over here going, well, you didn't make any money. Well, yeah, I did. I bought a truck and I bought, you know, a bobcat at the end of the year. So I didn't give it all to Uncle Sam. And he's like, well, if you would have gave it to Uncle Sam, then... You would have paid taxes on it. We would have showed a lot of profit, and then I could uh, could have upped your line of credit a hundred thousand dollars. You know, who is this, Dan? I don't know, man. I don't know how to turn off the answer. That Aunt Margaret, Margaret, Margaret. No, I, I already hung up on it. It's my my youngest son oh. calling. He knows what I'm doing. So, Amy. Yes. Is any of what Diane is saying is is that is there any validity to that to that? It, it's spot on, actually. So, oh, wow. That's um, a first. Well, you know. That's a first. The, the, the best advice I can give to any young business owner, you know, or a business, you know, from a startup perspective is you have to surround yourself with the right people. Um, and what I mean by that is people that are going to advise you, but, you know, the advisors are only as good as the information you give them. So you also need to know what you you where you want to be in your business and what your business needs potentially could be in the next five years. So when the CPA is telling you, well, I can write everything off, Dan or Canon, and you know, you won't have to pay Uncle Sam, well, that might be great. But on the flip side, if you're looking to grow your business and maybe you know, take on larger contracts that's going to force you to have more capital to fund those bigger contracts, it's going to it's gonna better serve you to pay a little bit more taxes so that you can show more income so that you can separate and you can get that credit at the bank to fund those needs that are coming up in the next one to five years. So is is the tax return documents, is, is that the most valuable document to you to make these decisions about um, loaning money? Honestly, you know, when it, when it comes to banking and you can ask Sam, I'm very passionate about it. You have to have a relationship with your banker. You, you know, the way that I've always gotten clients is I ask them, who's your banker? Not who's your bank, who's your banker? 
because your banker is an advocate for you, for the bank. So the more, the better we understand your business and the way that you operate and what your needs are, we can help you get to that next step. And we can help get you the credit necessary to get you to that next step. Yeah, so it's kind of like this, Ken, and the way I look at it and the way it's been explained to me. Like you deal with Shane with Steven's Pipe, right? Mm-hmm. You don't really care about Steven's Pipe. You care about Shane. Mm-hmm. Shane's your man. I call Shane, he gets it handled. I call Shane, he gets it delivered. If I got an issue with Steven's Pipe, Shane goes up the ladder and is like, hey, we need to get some more credit for this guy. I know him, boom, boom, boom. So you have to look at your banker as your salesman or salesperson for the bank. It's the same exact thing. You know, I don't buy from Master Halco because I like Master Halco. I buy because uh, of Harold, and I buy because of Kayla. So, 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 Amy, what, what does, what does a relationship with the banker look like? What, what does a healthy banker client relationship look like? Are you, are you going to like Starbucks in the mornings, uh, hitting the, <laughs> hitting the links at, at three o'clock? What's going on? Oh, it just depends. I mean, it doesn't matter what form you're in or networking situation you're in. It's really, you know, as a banker, we're always, you know, told it's best to at least have a a good conversation with our clients at least every six months so that we understand what's happening throughout the fiscal year and we can prepare. So, you know, you don't you don't want to have the need now yeah. and it's going to take me, you know, two weeks to look at your financials, see where you're at, ask all these crazy questions mm-hmm. before I can actually fulfill that need. Correct. Right. So, 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 so I know what you have coming up, you have a big contract coming up. I can, I can say, Hey, Cannon, well, you know, how are you going to fund that? How much are you going to need for that? Let's prepare for that so that when that contract comes through, you don't miss a beat. Yeah. So, for example, how did I get hooked up with Amy? Amy, The CFO of the bank that she was working at, I drank with. He, he's at the sports bar. He's a huge LSU fan. And we hang out and we drink and we watch football. And I built a relationship with him. And one day he's like, dude, when are you going to bring your banking over to my bank? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you know what? I got the person for you. I'm going to put you in touch with Amy. Transfer all your accounts over there. He goes, and we'll take care of you. Okay. Good deal, man. Cheers. Right? We're watching LSU football. I opened up my account, got hooked up with Amy, and everything changed for me. Everything. And then when Amy left the bank that I was with, she literally handed me off and said, this is who you need to be with. They're going to take care of you. I've already talked to them, put them up to speed with everything that's going on. They're going to be they're going to be your go-to person. Now that person Nicole is my inside the normal inside the regular bank. I can call her up and she will climb mountains for me. I've texted her and she was on vacation and called the bank and handled stuff for me. Mm. Well then Nicole got moved out of that branch. So I really don't have anybody in the branch. Now I'm basically on the business side. So now I'm dealing with Russ and I can text Russ and within a couple hours, he's back to me, got an answer for me, or we're at the same spot that I 
watch football with, with the CFO, eating onion rings and having a beer, just getting to know each other. So, so, um, Dan, Amy was recommending a, a, a three-month, like a cycle, I guess. What does that What does that look like, Amy? Is that something you just walk in and do? Is that something, hey, man, um, you know, today is, is, is June the 29th. Hey, man, I'll, I'll catch you in September. I mean, how does that, how does that work? Well, no, I mean, I don't, I don't bug you guys every quarter. That would be daunting, and you'd probably be sick of hearing my voice. Um, I typically check in twice a year and, you know, it's, you know, I'll, I'll call the client and say, Hey, look, what's a good time for me to stop by? Let me pick up some, you know, profit and loss sheets, balance sheets, you know, and really just kind of ask them, Hey, what do you have going on in the next six months? Are we prepared for it? You know, is the line of credit going to support that? And make sure, because I don't know about you, I don't own my own business, but most business owners that I meet, the last thing they want to deal with is the finance part. Mm. You know, they don't want to think about the money part. They want to do what they do best. And that is work their business, right? They don't want to think about taxes. They don't want to think about payroll. They don't want to do the daunting things. They want to do what they do best. So... That is why it's so important that you have the right people surrounding you. And one thing I do want to encourage small businesses, and I know the first thing the small business owner thinks is, I can't afford to have a CPA or a bookkeeper on staff. I can't handle that payroll-wise. I can't afford to have an attorney on standby. You know, there are organizations out there now, especially for the small business owners. Um, They're considered what's called an organizational performance firm. And think about a buffet. Everybody likes a buffet, right? Are you saying buffet? You have all these options, but you don't have to take all the options. Was that a buffet or a buffet? What what is this? Go to a firm like this and say, I really need help in this capacity. And they have those professionals on staff ready to go at a fraction of the price you're going to pay to have someone full-time. So you can surround yourself with people that are looking after the part of the business that you don't want to do at night so that you can focus on the sales part or whatever it is that you do that actually propels your business forward and gets you more business. Mm. So you track these people down. You actually go to their place of business and then get their stuff from them. Hello? You there? I lost Cannon. You lost me. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of good information there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. We lost Cannon there, guys. I don't know what happened. But uh, so... Hello? I'm sorry, Amy. Help me out here. I was reading our uh, our. <laughs> I was le- I was reading our bullet points while you were talking, trying to figure out where I needed to be. <laughs> That's quite all right. So, so let's talk about let's talk about you know the fact that you know where do banks and taxes right? Right. We want you to have income at the end of the year and show an income. They're trying to write everything off. 
again, we just want to see what is going to be necessary for you moving forward, right? Uh So we covered that. One thing that we haven't covered is the difference Mm -hmm. in direct liabilities and and contingent liabilities and how it affects you both at your business and your personal life. Okay. They can all hear me. Yeah, that's fine. It was me, man. Something happened over here. Damn, man. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he got too excited talking about banking. Yeah, my bad, guys. <laughs> so uh, I've, I've been trying to chime in and ask all kinds of questions, and I couldn't get a word in. Go ahead. How many eight pins do you that on How many eight pins do you go through a year? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! It's gotta, oh, be, it's gotta be a couple thousand. No idea. So, Cannon, what's a direct liability? Uh oh! Like I owe somebody money. <laughs> like, uh, like, like if I um uh direct liability. Uh, like if I owe on an asset. How about that? You're there. You're you're just about there. So so before, you know, we don't want to bore people, but there is a difference. So there's direct and contingent liabilities. Direct. Direct. Say say that again. Direct. I got some more questions, Amy. You're you're quizzing me. Are we gonna get a sucker when we leave here or no? (laughs) No. Actually, you know what? I wish I could give out suckers, but they stopped all that because it could be a choking liability. Oh, wow. Sadly enough. That's a pathetic reason not to give out a sucker. Oh, no. Look at where we're at in the world, society, though, man. So why don't you just answer the question for us? What is a direct liability and a... What's the other one you said? Con- contingent. Contingent. I can't even say that. That's okay. I'll say it for you. Contingent. So direct liability... Direct liability is, think about it on the personal side. So these are debts that are actually associated with your personal social security number. Like a personal guarantee? No, these these are the things that show up on your personal credit bureau. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a misnomer out there. Um, Let's just say Dan has a line of credit for his business, right? right? Well, the debt is in the business name. So Dan would be what they call a guarantor on that debt personally. That would be a contingent liability, meaning that if for any reason the business itself can, is unable to pay that note on that loan, Dan's on the hook personally. Hmm. But but contingent liabilities do not get reported to your personal credit bureau. So they do not correspond with your debt to income when you're going to buy, say, a home or a vehicle. It's not factored in. Okay. So that's the other reason why you want to be able to get debt in the business name so that you're taking that off of your personal liability, your personal credit report. Yeah. So, 
say um <clears throat> say you and uh Kristen are trying to buy a house, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the mortgage lender, the underwriter is like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. Y'all great, perfect. Mama's all happy. She's getting a new house. <sighs> and one of the guys rests your trucks, and you got to go buy a new truck. Well, if you're not running it through your line of credit or if you're not running it through the business, when you go buy that truck, then that shows up on your credit. And then the uh, underwriter comes back and says, hey, to your mortgage lender, hey, guess what? Cannon can't get the house now because his debt-to-income ratio is out because he just went and bought a truck a week before they were ready to buy a house. If he ran that through the business, it would be a contingent liability. It wouldn't be on your personal credit. Therefore, it wouldn't affect you. And what's happening is and I'm, I'm, I was guilty of this for years. I was running everything on my personal credit. I mean, I still have some stuff on my personal credit. So I'm slowly getting that off and getting those things taken care of, but it affects my credit score. You know, imagine, I mean, at one time I had my Amex on my personal credit and we're running a sucker up to 80, 90, you know, $110,000 a month. My credit score is like this. And then I pay it and go back up. And then I pay. <laughs> My credit score was doing this, man. <laughs> you know? And it was because it was a direct liability and it wasn't on a business Amex, and, uh, which made, made it contingent. You see? What's Matt saying? That just happened to me this year. So Matt experienced that himself. It's tough, man. So that's why it's important to do what Amy was saying, show a profit, pay your taxes. So then that way you can get a line of credit and then you can go buy that truck on the line of credit. And it's not on your personal credit and it's not affecting, you know, your wife wanting to go get a new car. You want to go get, you know, get a new house or a boat or whatever it is. So there's a, Direct and contingent liabilities is huge, huge, man. It really I totally is. agree. I totally agree. And, and, you know, when it comes down to your personal credit, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, don't run your, your cell phone bill through the business if that's what you use it for. I'm not saying don't write off you know, some incidentals here and there. All I'm saying is there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. And, you know, it, you basically have to make a choice. Either you're going to pay a little bit of taxes and show that your business is profitable so that I can finance you and get you what you need in the business's name or be prepared that you are going to have to finance personally every need and necessity that the business needs at any given time. And that's really difficult. And I've seen some really great businesses that were unfortunately mismanaged in that way. And not only did they bankrupt their business because they couldn't afford on their personal credit what the business needed, they also bankrupted themselves personally. And, you know, no no banker wants to see that ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. Brian, this guest speaker is a lady named Amy, and she's a teller at a bank in Louisiana. <laughs> yes. Candace, you're in Tennessee, and I will come find you. <laughs> it, what was, was I wrong? What did I say wrong? You, you're a little wrong. <laughs> you're about 20, 23 years wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, she just started as a teller this week, and uh, she's upset that she can't give out suckers anymore. This is true. <laughs> Maybe I'll switch to Tootsie Rolls. What is your job title? You never told us. Um, I am a vice president of a local bank um, that takes care of five plus states in the Gulf South. Yeah. So we got a question here, Amy. You want to take a question right now? Sure. What's the question? Can you explain a DNB report and what's the best way to see your score? Uh, say that one more time. Is that a Duns and Bradstreet? Yeah, he's, ask, he's asking about a Dun and Bradstreet report and what's the best way to see your score. Um, you log on to Dun and Bradstreet, make an account, link your business, and it'll show you your score. But how does that? I think what he's asking is is also how does that affect uh, your banking? and decisions and do y'all even look at a Dun and Bradstreet? Okay, so I'm gonna be really honest with you. Um can we pull it? Sure. Does it really affect anything? Not so much. Um that so a business unlike a personal um tax ID number or social security number has a credit report, right? A credit bureau. Mm -hmm. Businesses don't really have a credit bureau. What Duns and Bradstreet gives us is really what the business reports. You know, what are you reporting in assets? What are you reporting as far as how many employees you have? That type of thing. It just shows you're legitimate, to be honest with you. But I can find that out just from the Secretary of State. What we're going to look at is your balance sheet. We're going to look at your accounts receivables and make sure, you know, your accounts receivables are within par, meaning that, you know, you're collecting on your outstanding um, receivables within a certain amount of time. You know, anything over 60 days is a problem. Um, it, it, we have to look at that particular asset or that money that should be coming in as probably probability you're not going to get it. So you have to make sure that, you know, the people that owe you are paying timely. Hmm. Um, and that all affects your bottom line because again, if you're putting up the money to put up that fence, and pay your guys and pay the insurance on your equipment and make sure your taxes are paid. You're the one who is out that money. And when you start that next job, you're, you know, it, it, it basically is three steps forward and, you know, then two steps back. So no guns and Bradstreet, it's wonderful. It's out there. Um, it's not a true business credit report. It does not show that Dan pays his Amex on time. It doesn't show that Cannon pays his trucks on time. All it shows is how long you've been in business, how many employees you have, and approximately what you report your assets are. Mm. 
So uh, Brian here is saying, I've had it go up and down for years. D&B is a money grab trying to get your money. So maybe not a favorable um, thing in the world. I think I think the Dun and Bradstreet, you know, anybody that I've ever talked to about, um, I talked to Matt Warner about it. I talked to, I think I talked to Josh Glover about it. And it was somebody else. It was like, they're like the, the Better Business Bureau of reviews. You know, people are like, ah, they're there. They used to be something, but now they're nothing. There's, you know, but some places require it, man. I tried to get credit somewhere and they were like, uh, yeah, what did you done in Bradstreet? You know, and I was like, oh, wow. I have stuck my cord around my shoe and I'm about to pull my damn headset off, dude. <laughs> you know, so I don't know how important the, the, the Dun & Bradstreet is. It might be more important for guys like Matt, Matt Warner, who's doing, you know, 10, you know, three, four, five million dollar projects. You know, people who are doing uh, stuff like Josh Glover's doing um, military bases. It might come into play a little bit more there for their vetting. But um, when it comes to the bank, I don't think they're really that worried about it. Mm. I'd agree. So, bullet point number four. (laughs) What should I expect from the bank during tough times like a recession or even a depression? How am I doing? Well, am I following the script pretty well? You're doing great. You're we doing have bullet points. Great. I do not do well with bullet points. Just FYI. We're gonna give you. We're gonna give you four point five stars. How's that? I like it. I'll take it. Yeah, Cannon's a rabbit hole guy. <laughs> he will go down a rabbit hole, and I got to fish him out of it. But it's well, a good time. I'm trying. I'm trying not to do the same. So you can just stop me whenever. But no, please, you know, when it when it comes to recessions or depressions, I mean, this is a this is something we deal with typically every 10 years or so, right? So we see different um, areas of business go up and down depending on what's going on, whether it be government or economy or whatever it may be. Hurricanes, if you're in the South. Um, but again, going back to what Dan has been stressing, you really need a banker. You need someone who understands you who knows where you are, um, who can fight for you, who is your voice to right. the bank itself. Um, and we, we develop relationships, you know, with our clients. You know, we don't, no bank in the world wants your stuff. So whatever we're taking for collateral, just hear me now. We do not want your house. We do not want your truck or your equipment because guess what? We have to keep that stuff up and pay the taxes and whatever's due on it. And then we sell it so discounted, we never get our money back. We want to see businesses succeed. And so during downtimes, you know, it's important to look at how extended you are when it comes to your lines of credit or your credit cards or whatever it may be. Um you can lean on your banker to actually help you get your finances in order. You know, what can we cut? You know, what do we need during this time? How are we going to make up that income that we need to pay the debts on time, 
to keep us above water, correct? So, you know, and, and when it comes to credit, a bank, we obviously, let's just say 2020, right? Everybody had a hard year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a reason for that. So many of our businesses fell off by, you know, maybe 30%, if not more, depending on your 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 area of expertise. Um, we don't just look at one year. What a bank does is we look at at least two to three years historically. So if you have one year where maybe your income, and I'm, I'm going to go real low here, say it's 10000 and the next year you're up to 20,000 and then the next year you're blowing it out and you're at 60 to 80,000 there's things that that banks need to understand okay what exactly has changed within the business and where the increase is coming from so for example you know is it has the has the business itself you know streamlined some areas where they're saving on expenses um, is it coming from an additional con- new contract that they may have scored? And is this a one-time contract or is this something that's going to be an ongoing relationship that's going to add to that business's annual revenue year over year? So all of that comes into play. And the more we understand, so if, if Dan comes to me and says, well, Amy, you know, I made $250,000 and 2021. And I say, okay, well, Dan, you made a hundred thousand in 2020. So how am I justifying that huge increase? He may come and tell me, well, I have this contract and it's ongoing for five years. Well, he shows me that contract and I can say, okay, well, I can now push the underwriters to accept that that's going to be an ongoing income income stream for Dan in his business. So that's that's where your banker is going to come into play and the importance of having someone who understands your business as much as you understand your business and can lend some support or at least be that backboard that you can ask those financial questions to so that you are going in the right direction and you have help. Well, <laughs> I think do I, I think do we I all officially now talk more than canon. No, I think we uh, we we all just got schooled. <laughs> so I'm not just a teller. No, you're not. You're somewhere between the teller and the Federal Reserve. We're not sure where. Oh dang! Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. Um, so. I think just by hearing Amy talk, mm-hmm. it ought to tell a lot of people that are listening or are going to be listening that it's important to have somebody like her in your corner because she's going to be directing you on what you should do. And it's more about being open and having a relationship with your banker than being kind of sneaky. Hey, let me tell you what's going on. Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Well, you know what? Um, you need to go ahead and do this or do that. Then you can go back to your team and say, hey, my banker's saying this. That's why I'm trying to get them all together. 
So then that way we're all on the same page. And then my banker's got in the back of his head. Well, you know, Dan, when we had that meeting, you said you were going to do this, this, and this. What's going on? Well, we're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing this. You know, if you want to call and talk to my CPA, you want to call, you do whatever research you got to do. I don't know if they do that, but hey, take all this. And he knows that the people that I'm listening to, that I'm not just running this shooting from the hip. You know what I mean? Um, they know that I got people advising me and they're all on the same page. And I'm not going to be able to do a whole lot. You know what I mean? I mean, you've got Brian here. He's the head of the freaking FWA, the Fence Workers. He's the head of the whole freaking FWA. And he said, all right, guys, we all need to open up an account with Amy so we can call her whenever we want advice. So, <laughs> that's got some well, Brian, uh, Brian, I appreciate that. And, and Dan, I, I, I don't want to cut you off, and I hope I'm not, but you know I talk a lot. Um, it's a Louisiana thing. But... Um, another thing too that I forgot to stress is, you know, your banker number one is free, right? For the most part, that relationship and your questions and, and my time, I always want to share that. The other thing you can get from your banker if you develop a relationship is think about all the people that we deal with. Okay. I know all the mortgage lenders. I know all the CPAs in town. I know who's good at what. I know all of the different businesses and what they do and how they can help you. And if Dan comes to me and says, Amy, I am struggling finding this type of person that I need. I probably have that old school Rolodex Mm -hmm. or at least numbers in my phone that I can say, Dan, you know what? Call this person. They should be able to help you with this. And it's free advisement. You know, we want our businesses to succeed because, frankly, we want your deposits. <laughs> we, want your, we want your loans. And we want to see you guys do well because the better you do, the better we do. Yeah, and, I mean, that's, that's like Russ. Russ was like, hey, man, you need to get this guy a call. This is what happened with him, and this is what he did. And, um, and I was like, all right. So I called him up. Hey man, Russ told me to give you a call. And he said, you did this and you did that and you could help me out. And he helped me. I got a question. What's this Rolodex thing? (laughs) You're too young for that. I do see see John, um, just commented and he doesn't, he doesn't even know. It says mine doesn't know my name, but he has my email. Um, John, may I suggest you find a new banker? Wow. Because your banker should know your name. John, and Amy, Amy, John. There you go. <laughs> it's 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 definitely one of those things that you should feel comfortable enough that you have their cell phone number. You can pick up the phone. You can text them, um, and. Canon, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret that you can rib Dan about a little later on. But, um, I'll tell you know, <laughs> Dan, Dan <laughs> shortly after he met me, found himself in a pickle in another country. That's true. And guess, and guess whose cell phone number he had to get him out of that situation? I was in Rome, bro. And everything was cut off. Rome was like, we ain't taking your money. And I was like, holy shit. 
<laughs> I hit well, Andy up and we were like. That's because he never told his bank he was going anywhere and we thought he was compromised. Right. So mm-hmm. here it is. I don't know how many hours ahead, 12 hours. So I'm calling her at like, you know, who knows what 5 time. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling her at 5 a.m. I'm like, holy shit, none of my cards are working. Nothing's working. I can't get any money. I'm stuck. And like in 20 minutes, Amy had everything straightened out. Life was good. And the people that I were with, that I was with, um, we were with a wedding party. We all went over there for a wedding. And uh, they're like, dude, man, you got one hell of a banker. You know what time it is over there? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm good to go. Swipe that card, baby. Let's have some fun. Yeah, Dan caught me on the treadmill at the gym at 5 (laughs) a.m. Good for you, Amy. (laughs) I didn't know you could see us. When you tell me you you could see Alan's comment, you you were talking about being comfortable with the banker, and I was like, I suddenly I got uncomfortable. I was like, damn, she can see us? Dang it, I didn't know this. (laughs) You do realize, Cannon, that bankers do their research? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she uh, she's been on. She's been on our Facebook page. She's been on our YouTube channel, and she has her laptop open right now so she could read the comments. She's on the game, bro. She is on the ball. So my banker, his okay. name is, his name is Tim. Tim, um, can I t- I'm gonna tell you about my bank. I, it's actually a credit union. Um, so Tim, I'm just proud you know his name. Yeah, oh yeah, I got his email. I got a cell phone, bro. Oh, oh yeah, we talk about Tim, huh? Oh yeah, Tim, Tim, Tim Gaffney. I'll put it out there. He's cool. Uh, he needs a good banker in West Tennessee. He's pretty cool. Now listen, um, I've always wondered about this. So, Leaders Credit Union—that's who I'm with. About thirteen under the bus. Oh, we got about thirteen or fourteen branches, and I say we. I like to, I like saying that. Not that they've got. No, we've got. That's my damn money too. We're building these branches, <laughs> right? So we have about fourteen branches at this point. We're growing, okay? But it's a it's a it's a credit it's a leader it's a it's a credit unions are different from banks in some way or or or, or form or fashion. Like we're actually members of the union. Or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, it's our shit going on. We got 14 of them, so do you, don't forget about do it. Do you have a card? Do you have a union card? I have a union card and a member number. Not even I can you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that weird? No, no, go on, go on. Tell us so, about Tim. So yeah, yeah. So Tim. Tim is 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 the business banker. Okay. I, I just did this uh quotation thing with my fingers. I don't know if you saw it or not. But Tim's the the uh the business banker. I've always wondered this about Tim. There's 14 banks. Like, damn, Tim, how many people are you dealing with every day? And so I'm always like, I try to be mindful of his time. You know what I mean? So I'm like, dude, we got we have one business maker over 14 branches. Okay. And I don't know how that works. Like Tim has his own, um, he says he has his own corner office. But to get to Tim's corner office, you gotta go through Tim's little secretary who sits outside of the corner office. You know what I mean? And her name's Rebecca. And so um, out of respect, I send like a lot of stuff straight to Rebecca. Is that the right? Am I doing it right? You know? Yeah, you're doing it right. But Dan, you know, that's cheating because I don't have any backup on my line right now. So um, I'm going to have to call you out on that. No, you know what, Canon? like on a credit union side, you need to realize that um, it is a little bit more specialized. They don't have quite as many clients. 
So Tim's portfolio, um, Rebecca does a lot of the legwork. So you need to you need to show Rebecca a little respect because uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, she's she's the right hand and she probably does most of the day to day things that you request from Tim. He just passes it down. She's like my Kirsten, bro. I'm like, Kirsten. I get it, I get it, I get it. But anyways, I talked to Rebecca more, if not, yeah, probably more than Tim. You know. Yeah, but right. we're, we're talking about you know, hey Rebecca, my damn card is messed up again, you know, or, um, you know, I'm gonna tell you what these these guys are are they're the kind of bank. I'm like, hey, look, uh, it's gonna get kind of hairy over here for the next uh, two or three days. I just need y'all to turn your head, and they're like, we got it. That's, you know what I mean? <laughs> they're they're, <laughs> they're real cool in that regard. You know what I mean? Oh so, man, hey man, y'all good? Just you know. Come Tuesday, we'll be back online, okay? You know? And well, but you know what? You know, I can't, and you just proved my point. So you just you just proved the biggest point of this whole show is you have that relationship with your bankers that you know that even if you have that difficult hiccup from, you know, Friday to Tuesday, that you're going to make it good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that means a lot, man. It's funny, too, because, like, when I had my credit uh, limit, which I have a credit card. I only have a credit Line of credit, as, as you would say, uh, <laughs> it's funny how the how the well, we can only do twenty thousand, and like now that twenty thousand is thirty thousand, now it's fifty thousand. It's like, man, you told me at the very beginning you can only do so much. I remember you telling me this, you know. And it always—I'll tell you what I do, uh, Amy. Tell me what you think about this. I'll be like, hey, I just paid on my on my on my line of credit, and I need to make this purchase, and there's gonna be you know some delay. Well, how much is it? Well, you know, I need about twenty thousand more. They'll up my line of credit by that amount just so it can float because there's a payment pending. Okay, right. And I always I always get to keep the increase. I never take the increase away from me, and I I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's called a credit union. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what does that mean? What, what do you mean? That's called a credit union. They always. That that well, it's like I said, it's a little different. She's trying um, to be polite, Cannon. I'm being politically correct, mm-hmm. which I don't really like to be. But anyway, um, you know, it's again, it's a relationship. So more you than not like the credit like, union, you don't like it. No, no, not at all. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I again, don't need see well. I don't. I don't read between the lines. Just tell us how you feel. Credit unions are smaller, so they're dealing with a smaller, um, you know, book of clients. And you may be keeping that increase because they know you're good for it. So they were going to give it to you anyway. So they just waited till you asked for it. How about that? Okay. Yeah, so um, we got 14 branches, Dan. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> well, Cannon, if it makes you feel better, I run two. Two branches? So- so, Cannon, here's the deal, man. When I first met Amy, and Amy will tell you, I literally would be on the phone with her trying to get my card increased two, three times a week so I can make purchases when I was buying at Home Depot every day because my card wouldn't allow me. You remember those days, Amy? Well, that was because Dan was utilizing a debit card, which has certain limitations for protection, instead of having the proper business credit card in place. Right. So that's where I started at. 
where almost every purchase, I was like, all right, let me call my banker. Let me get this, you know, because I was trying to, I was trying to get myself in a place to where I could drop 20, 30, 40 grand on an order, you know? And that's okay. And, and that's why, again, you need that banking relationship because in order for us to even increase that debit card limit, you know, we, we basically, as officers of the bank, we have to, we have to put our name on the line for it. Damn. So we're saying, hey, look, you know, I know Dan's limits 5,000, but he needs 10 today. So, you know, we know, we know we're going to get it back. So we're going to increase it. And if Dan went south on me, then my job's on the line. And we wouldn't have her on the podcast today. This is probably true. <laughs> if I owe you money, I probably wouldn't call you to be on my podcast. So I look, there's a lot of guys <laughs> commenting on here on uh on our Facebook live feed. But Matt Warner, wait, did somebody say Matt Warner? Woo! Yeah. Um, so Matt Warner says, I love my banker. So Matt is the reason why I was like, you know what? Banker, Russ. Me and you, we're going to be best friends, buddy. And um, him and I were sitting down at Tom's Grill in Mandeville, Louisiana, eating onion rings and having a beer. And I told him, I said, in a year's time, you're going to be adding me to your uh, to your group text messages with your college buddies. That's how close of friends we're going to be. And he laughed. But um, I'm telling you, man, Matt, 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 Matt's a wealth of knowledge, guys. Y'all want to know why he's on the show so much and we talk about him? That guy picks up the phone when we call. Huh, Cannon? I called Matt today. He said, what do you want, man? I said, nothing. I'm just driving and uh, a little salty, to be honest with you. About <laughs> what? I said, well, you and Dan are getting kind of tight. I don't know Did how I feel really? about that, Matt. Did you yeah. really say that to him? I wonder, are you here? Yeah, t- tell him. Hell yeah. <laughs> he, I was driving and he was driving. I said, dude, I really didn't want shit. What's up? <laughs> he said, really? I see. I'm kind of salty about the whole you and Dan thing going on. Matt is a great guy, man. I can't wait to hang out with him in Oklahoma. Right, you're cool. not going to be there, Cannon. See, look, here's, my, here's my test. Here's, he's, he's verifying, vouching for me. I called him. Uh, well, look, uh, Amy, thank you for coming on our show. We, um, we really, uh, oh, look, Matt. I'm gonna give him a. I'm giving him a boy. Matt it was setting pose today. What? Yes. Shut up. He said the humidity finally went down enough that he could get out. Matt <laughs> <laughs> was on the fence line. What? He, in was, the world? He, was, he was. He said pose. When he says pose, that's netting. I think. So. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, Amy. Thank you for coming on. I, I I hate to end the show. It's it's a lot uh, of good content. I do have a uh, I have a date tonight with my. Uh, we have a daddy daughter date. It's my daughter's seventh birthday. Her name nice. is Charlie. She's gorgeous and she's awesome, and I love her. And I haven't seen her all day long. So, I will tell you this about Charlie. She loves you for who you are because I tried buying her off when I was at your house. She wouldn't take my cash. So <laughs> she's the real deal. I was like, hey, I'll give you some cash. And she was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> she's the real deal, bro. Where, are y- where are y'all going? What are you doing? Uh, we're actually going to a Mexican restaurant. So, hey, Alan says, 75 chat. Uh, hey, this is how well it's doing. Day 18, baby, day 18. Nice. Hey, this is how well my mine's going. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, uh, Dan, Amy, again, thank y'all. I, I hate to uh, I hate to end it, but that's what we need to do. Thank you for listening to the My Fence Life podcast, and a special shout out to our sponsors: My Salesman, Job Nimbus, and Benji with CleverFox.online for making this podcast possible. We invite you to leave us a review. Your five-star ratings and reviews help spread the word to others in our industry. You can connect with Dan and Cannon on Instagram and Facebook at My Fence Life. The concepts and methods discussed are just the perspective of Dan, Cannon, and their guests. We hope these ideas inspire you to go out there and crush it in your own business. I'm Mr. Producer, reminding you to click follow on your podcast app to receive notifications of future episodes of My Fence Life.